So what does it mean? I don't know how long this is going to last. It may last 10 minutes. It may last 45. I don't know. Um, but this is my story. It's my song. What does it mean? What does it mean to trust God? What does it mean to put all your trust in God? Well, let me tell you what it means more than, okay? It means more than believing who he is and what he says. That's good. But it means more than that. So I decided I would get a definition for trust. You know, I didn't have a Webster's Dictionary anymore, so I had to Google it. Okay? So I Googled trust. It says it's to rely on another person because you feel safe with them and have confidence that they will not hurt or violate you. To have confidence in is what it means to trust. So, here we go. 1968, I was born in a little town called Butler, Alabama in Choctaw County. And uh, I got one sister. She was born in 71. She's two years younger than me. So, I was the oldest child. Um, born into a traditional family, um, and I was a typical boy. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to ride my bike. I wanted to ride my go-kart. I wanted to play ball. I wanted to play in the rain. I wanted to build forks down by the creek. Um, I didn't want to be inside, unlike today. Um, I did. I wanted to be outside. I, I like to play baseball. I played baseball. Um, I played t-ball. I played since I could start. Uh, but just about since I could walk, I've been playing golf. My dad was a golfer, and we played golf every Sunday. Or at, we played golf every Saturday and after church on every Sunday. So, um, but um, I had a great childhood. I learned to play the piano at a young age. In elementary school, um, some of this stuff I'm telling you because some of you probably don't know, so I'm just throwing it out there, okay? Played the piano in elementary school, started playing the trumpet uh, in the sixth grade, um, was in our marching band uh, all through high school because I wasn't big enough to play football, um, so uh, I played the trumpet, um, and then my senior year of high school, I was actually our drum major. Uh, that was a sight to behold. Um, but um, uh, grew up in uh, Butler First Assembly um, in, um, in Butler. Uh, great church. I had great pastors. I had great youth pastors. Um, I, went to, um, I went to every vacation Bible school that Butler put on. I went to the Baptist. I went to the Pentecostal. I went to the Methodist. I went to the Presbyterian. I went back to the Baptist because there's more one more than one Baptist church there. So whenever they put theirs on, I went back. Mama had sent me every every time. So I grew up as a child 
go into uh, vacation Bible school. And I vividly remember, I vividly remember in one of the VBSs, the verse for the week was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And since that day, it's been my favorite verse. I didn't know, did not know how many times I would have to live Proverbs 3. But God knew. And I truly believe that that's why I learned that verse. So, um, I can't even see. Um, so I learned that one. So, grew up, I do not ever remember not being in church. I, I, we went to church Sunday mornings. I went Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. I was involved in, back then it was CAs. It was our youth group. It was Christ Ambassadors. Um, grew up in our CAs. Grew up going to um, uh, youth camp. There were some years that I was the only person, the only youth that went to youth camp. But I went because that's what I wanted to do. Um, I, I always remember, I, I, obviously, y'all know, I, I, I've never been perfect, never claimed to be perfect. Um, but I've always had a conviction, just always had a conviction um, of of doing the right things. Have I always done the right things? No. Um, but I've always, I've always, you know, I was, I got saved every year at, uh, at camp, uh, just like every teenager does, or most every teenager does. But, um, but grew up in a great church. Um, many godly men, godly women spoke into my life, um, growing up, uh, to build a foundation. Um, Let's see, um, we were, in, in my teenage years, we were in the process, nope, you've probably never been to Butler First Assembly, but we've actually, we built a new building um, in my teenage years, and we, the men and the teenagers of the church, built the building. Um, in the, I guess, the late 80s, uh, God sent us a new pastor, our brother Jack Lee, from the Mobile area. Um, he came up and uh, he had a um, he had a history um, of being a construction. Um, I, I don't think he was a contractor, but he was um, he could lead us in building a building. So uh, so he came up. Um, we uh, we we built that building. He was our pastor then. And then 1986 came. Um, I, well, before 1986, let me just say I I, I started off when I was about 12. I started, me and my cousin started cutting grass. Um, we worked all the time. Uh, at about 15, I got my first uh, tax cutting job. Um, would go over there after school every day, Monday through Friday. I'd go over there at 3.15, I'd leave at 5.30, and then as soon as school was out for the summer, I, was, I worked 7.30 to 5.30. Uh, start when I was 15. So um, uh, did, did all that. And, um, and then 1986 came. I was a junior in high school. 
Uh, and um, <clears throat> my dad, who was a, was a local pharmacist uh, in Butler, uh, was diagnosed with colorectal CA. Um, and it rocked us. It rocked us. Um, he was 50 years old. My mom was 45. Um, and I was 17. Um, and so he was diagnosed with that um, in 86, 87. I graduated high school and moved uh, to, uh, to Tuscaloosa. And I started at the University of Alabama in their pre-med program because I was going to be a doctor. Um, of course, God had better plans, I guess. Uh, yeah, he did have better plans. Um, so I um, uh, started here in 87. In the midst of, of taking classes, all of my math classes, all of my whatever classes, uh, I also took classes to, uh, to be a paramedic. Um, so I got my paramedic license in about 1988. Um, and um, so 87, the summer of 87, um, I mean of the summer of 88, I went back home, was at home um, for, a, for the summer. Um, and um, come back, took more classes at the end of, um, uh, for that year. And I had signed up for summer classes uh, the summer of 1989. Um, and um, my dad had actually gotten worse, um, and so as I was home, in between my, my semester and the summer, my spring and summer semester of 89, um, as I was leaving, headed back to Tuscaloosa, um, Jack Lee uh, met me out in the driveway, and he said, have you considered maybe staying home this summer to be with your dad and your mom. And as a teenager, at that moment, not at that moment, prior to that moment as a teenager, that wasn't what was on my mind. My mind was going back to Tuscaloosa, taking classes, being back with my friends, because I had met a group of people here when I first came. You know, they, get, so they still have to get on board days here at the university, well, they had them back in 1987, too. Um, and I met up with a group of uh, people from the Church of Christ um, organization, student organization. They had a student center on campus. Um, and that, was, that became my friend group. Um, and I would, I would venture to say that I, I probably grew closer to God at college um, because I had a group of people that loved God, too. And that was my friend's. Um, we, had, uh, we had Bible studies uh, at the student center. We had services just like Chi Alpha does. Uh, and there was a Chi Alpha here. I just had not heard about them, and this was the first group that reached out to me. So long story short, uh, that was my friend group. Uh, that's where I met my roommates uh, for the remainder of my college. Um, and so um, uh, 1989, um, after um, Brother Lee um, proposed that to me. I walked back inside, told mama that I would see her on Monday, uh, drove back to Tuscaloosa, withdrew from classes, because, you know, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have online classes then. Um, withdrew, and I went back home. Um, and my dad lived until August uh, of 89 um, when he passed. And the um, world was rocked. I now find myself a 20-year-old 
pretty much the man of the house. Um, but not living at the house because I was still in school. So, um, God reminded me of Proverbs. And so I had to trust him. I had to trust him. And I did. And I did. I didn't know why. Um, I didn't know why. Um, but, but I did know, um, and, and I had enough foundation to know um, that, that that's what I had to do. Um, so I did have a confidence in the fact that God still loved me. He still loved my family. So uh, life goes on. Shortly after the funeral, it was time for me to come back to school. So I left, um, came back in uh, 89, and prior, and, and, well, I guess about that time, um, my dad had um, gone to pharmacy school um, with um, a pharmacist at, that worked at Harco Drug in Alberta City. Now, that building's not there since 2011, um, but that's where he worked. And so uh, one of his visits um, before he got sick, um, he had, uh, we had gone over there. He had reconnected uh, with, uh, with Mr. Allen, and um, he gave me a job at Harco because I was going to work during my college because I needed to work. You know, my mom and my, my dad's not working, um, and so I was trying to support myself uh, up here. Um, I had gotten my paramedic license, and I was working uh, a little bit. Uh, there um, with the with the ambulance service uh, here so um so I started working at Harco drug and uh, there was a dark-headed fox that worked there as well and that is where I met Rhonda so we got to know each other. Um, we, uh, we actually, we became best friends. Um, I had actually not started, I was still going to the Church of Christ. And some way in, that, in the mix there, I had found out about Chi Alpha. So I had gone to Chi Alpha, um, and um, I had actually met, and they used to go here, I met Kim Gagne and Deanna Estes um, that was in Chi Alpha. And we had actually connected um, there, um, and uh, they invited me to TFA. And so uh, one Sunday morning, I came to TFA, and there she was again. (laughs) It was destiny. Yeah. So she was, um, uh, Rhonda and um, uh, Kay and Ron and and everybody was, they, they went here. So I started coming here, and due to circumstances, we moved, and we actually started going to Daystar for a little while. Um, but um, um, that was uh, somewhere in 91. You know, it took, it took Rhonda. It didn't take, it didn't take Ronald long to, uh, to light me. It took Rhonda a little bit longer than it took Ronald to, um, to, to but she finally came around. 
she finally, she finally came around, and um, it was um, best decision I ever made. Best decision by far. Because I definitely married up. Um, so I graduated, didn't get into med school. Um, so I finally went to my advisor and said, I told y'all I didn't know how long this was going to take because I got to go. Um, I finally got to talk to my advisor, said, what can I take to get out of here the quickest? They said math. I said, sign me up. I graduated in 1992 with a mathematical statistics degree. Um, and the night... There. The night before I graduated was when I proposed. And then I asked for the ring back. I asked for the ring back. Because I had my family that was going to be here on Saturday for the graduation. And I was also going to do it in front of them. So I didn't want her to slip up and let somebody see the ring. So I said, I need the ring back, please. So I got the ring back. And then Saturday, I guess I proposed again in front of everybody. Because my, my mom and my stepdad, by then, uh, they were there. So anyway, um, so uh, that was um, in uh, probably, that was 92, I guess, uh, May of 92. Um, and then March, um, March the um, 27th of the next year, 1993, um, best day of my life. Best day of my life. Um, uh, so um, that was uh, by far, by far, um, the best day. Um, so, so we're good. We are good. I'm married. Um, God was has been faithful because that's all I ever ask. Um, I was a wife that loved God. Not to be perfect, but to just love God. And that's what he gave me. So, um, three years later, um, second only to my wedding day, uh, what's the next best day? When I became a daddy. Three years and three days later, daddy again. Twelve months later, <laughs> I'm cutting grass at a in the yard. I used to cut people's grass in our neighborhood right across the street over here in El Dorado East and um, was cutting grass here come Rhonda rainy in tow Lauren in a stroller Rhonda crying and I said what have they done and she looked at me and she said I'm pregnant what are we going to do and I said 
we go have another baby. <laughs> so, 22 months after we had Lauren, um, Mary Kate came in the world. And so our life was good. I had four of the most beautiful girls living in my house. I was a true girl dad. Um, we, life was good. Um, about six months before Mary Kate was born, we, we, me and Rhonda decided to come back here to TFA. Um, and we knew from day one that this was where we needed to be. And that was even with the pastor going to Germany. Russia. That's right. That was in 2001. We came somewhere Marchish, March or April, I think, of 2001. She was pregnant with Mary Kate. And so um, August of that year was when Mary Kate um, came into, uh, into the world. Um, and so we were doing everything that we knew to do. We were involved. Um, we were working. Uh, I had since then gone to nursing school. I had my nursing degree. Um, and uh, Rhonda had gone back to nursing school. We were both working as nurses. Um, the girls were growing up. They were getting involved in the things at the church. Um, and life could not be better. Until May the 15th. May the 15th was the worst day of my life. Worst day. When our Mary Kate got out of the house and fell in our pool. On my watch. I resuscitated her. We got her to DCH. We airlifted her to Children's. And for 48 hours, we begged God to give us our girl back. Begged God. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And on Monday morning, we decided to release her into the arms of her Savior. And he took her. So here we are, young family of five, will always be a family of five. It's just one's got a different address now. But in the blink of an eye, in the blink of an eye, our lives changed forever. We couldn't have made it, could not have made it um, without 
many people here. They loved on us. They were there for us. Um, we didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. We all hurt. Ron and I dealt with things differently. Rhonda cried a lot. She talked about it a lot. And I didn't. And I just stayed busy. Because the busier I could get, the more I wouldn't think about it. And that's what I did. And finally, one day, things came to a head, and she asked me, she said, how do you do it? And I said, how do I do what? She said, how do you not cry? And I simply said this, because I'm afraid if I start, I won't be able to stop. And that was the truth. Hardest thing we ever did. The hardest thing we ever went through. So Proverbs 3, 5 became real. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because let me tell you something, I did not understand. I still don't understand, but I sure didn't then. Didn't understand. I wasn't leaning on my understanding because there was no understanding on my part. I wanted my girl back. That's what I wanted. But it became real. And I had no choice. Just like I had to do with my dad, I had no choice but to trust him. To trust his plan. So that's what we decided to do. So our new life began with only two girls living in the house. Um, but we continued to be involved. We continued to be involved here. The girls were growing. Um, they were involved in missionettes. They were involved. I, I became a board member. Um, we were doing everything just like we were prior to our tragedy. Because God had been faithful to us. He had been faithful to us. Um, we met um, a couple of... Uh, uh, people through that time that um, uh, we became friends with, Chris and Linda Liberto. I started building houses with Chris. Um, that took my other time um, away from um, uh, having to think about it. So I was working my regular full-time job and building houses on all my other days off. Um, so um, just about the time, just about the time, that I thought that I was getting my feet back under me. Um, we got a call one afternoon, late one afternoon, and we were actually over at Chris and Linda's. Um, and I'm standing in the driveway, and my sister calls me. And my mother, who was healthy as a horse, um, was in a terrible car accident um, and didn't survive. Two years later, after... Our tragedy with Mary Kate. Um, my mom was killed in an accident. Proverbs 3. And at a certain point, I was tired of quoting Proverbs 3. 
I was, I was ready to start quoting something else other than Proverbs 3. Um, could I have turned my back? Could I have cursed God? I asked questions. Could I have? Yeah, I could have. And probably in the world's eye, it would have probably been justified. Until I looked at Rhonda and my two girls. And I decided that what I still had greatly outweighed what I did not have. So I had no choice but to trust him. Had no choice but to trust him. I had to bring my girls up knowing that they have a savior that they can trust. Because in this life, we will face trials. We will face trials. It's how we deal with them that's going to make the difference. So, life continues. Girls start growing. Brenda decides that she's going to trip one day and break her ankle. Um, she was our pianist here, and uh, Lauren had learned to play the piano. And so, I pulled Lauren up on the stage when she was 13 to start playing the piano uh, and singing. And I hadn't let her come down yet. And she just turned 24. <clears throat> um, the, the thing about that, though, is, is that she went through a spell there that she would rather sit out here with her, with her friends and her youth group. She did go through that spell. Um, but when she finally got over that, she loves doing what she does. And to see how much she has grown um, since she started, um, it's, it's unfathomable to me. Rainey learned to play the bass in the youth group. I pull her up there. Um, and I used to tell them all the time, my most, my most favorite part of the week is when I get to lead worship with my girls. And it's the truth. I'm a little prejudiced, but Lauren is my favorite worship leader of all time. So, um, I, I, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I just, I do get overwhelmed when I think about God's faithfulness. Um, so we got older. I got uglier, fatter. Um, the girls got older. Uh, Lauren graduated nursing school, um, works on the same unit that Rhonda worked on when she was pregnant with Lauren uh, at DCH, um, is doing great. Lauren, I mean Rainey, um, got accepted into pharmacy school um, to follow in my dad's footsteps, um, that he was a pharmacist, um, and um, she graduates in two months. And she'll be Dr. Rainey Collin. Was it an easy road for her? No. And I asked her if I could share this, and she said yes. But without going into many details, um, 
due to some bad decisions that Rainey made, she got involved in a relationship that was abusive. Now, I never thought in a million years that I would have to deal with one of my girls being in an abusive relationship. You can't plan for that. You can't prepare for that. But it's nothing like getting text sent to your phone with bruises on, your, on the one that made you a daddy. So what did daddy want to do? Daddy wanted to commit murder. Daddy wanted to commit murder. And daddy was not afraid of jail. That was the least of my concern. My concern was that I was fixing to lose a second daughter. That was my concern. And so you know what I had to do? I had to go back to Proverbs 3. He said this time it was Proverbs 3, 6 when it says... In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. Yeah, he had to direct my path. Because the path that I wanted to go down was not going to end well. But the three or four times that I got called and that we got called and we had to go and cops were there and I wanted to be a still small voice in her ear and that's what I was now Rainy has come around Rainy has come around um, and um, she is a miracle it's a miracle that she's still here it's a miracle so in conclusion So that's a good story, Sloan. It's a good, good childhood. You know, you had, you know, four, four joyous events, four tragic events. Um, but if I ask you what stood out to you the most, it would probably be more the tragic events that you remember the most. Your circumstances may not be the death of a child, may not be the death of a parent may not be a prodigal. It may be illness. It may be terminal diagnosis. It may be financial. It may be marriage. Whatever your circumstances is, or your circumstance is, doesn't have to be tragic to be a crisis for you so I want to leave you with five tips I didn't want this just to be stories of my life I want to leave you with five tips just real quick um, for trusting Jesus when you feel like your world is falling apart number one remember the times he has been faithful You are not on his hit list. You're not on his hit list. As you live life, you will have moments where you know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was there for you and he demonstrated his faithfulness. 
And when you feel like your world is falling apart, think about these times, and they will be a source of encouragement to you. They were to me. I, sometimes that's all I could think about to be able to trust him was how faithful he had been. Number two, pray honestly. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows how the circumstance is affecting you, so be honest with him. Being honest with God through prayer is an exercise of trust. You're trusting God with your innermost feeling. And by being open and transparent and real with God, your prayer life or in your prayer life, you release the frustrations that can turn to bitterness if you suppress them. That's no different than what we do with each other. Somebody does something to you. They do something to you again. You don't say anything. You keep it all bottled up. And then one day you explode. No different. So don't suppress it. Be honest. Be real with God, even in your prayer life. Number three, surround yourself with people who love him. During trying times, the people you surround yourself with will have an immense influence on how you handle that crisis. And so if you want to continue placing your trust in God, then you better be around people who love him and also trust him. They will pray for you. They will be there for you. They will listen to you. And they will let you deal with your grief at your own pace. Number four, be vulnerable. I wasn't. Talk. If no one knows what you're going through and no one knows how you feel, then they can't help you. Don't be afraid that people won't understand. The church was commanded to love us and to bear our burdens. And that's what we need to do as a church um, for those who are in crisis. And sharing with others is a crucial step to healing. And number five, search out scripture. You know what my go-to scripture is. Whatever you're going through, God does have something to say to you in his word. Whatever you're going through. In our darkest moments, the Bible can be a powerful source of comfort, peace, wisdom, and encouragement. I am a blessed man. I am a blessed, I could not get more blessed. Um, why did I not throw in the towel of surrender? Um, probably because of people like Dale Jacobs, Lil Allen, Ruthie Allen, Joey Mello, people that spoke into my life as a child, as a teenager, to build a foundation that they had no idea what my life was, what, what, what's, what crises was to come. But they spoke in. That's the reason why I love to see our kids and our youth and our children's church so active with so many is because we can speak into them and build now 
Bill now speak into their lives now because we don't know what's going to happen to them in their life in 20 years. We don't know. I didn't know back then. People like Pastor and Brenda who loved on us and hurt with us during our darkest days, darkest days, I remember us just driving around one night, and it's 10.30 at night, and we called Pastor. And we went to their house. And in, in their living room, Pastor and Brenda just cried and prayed with us. That there, it's people like that. It's the reason why we didn't throw it in. The main reason I couldn't surrender is you know. I had a wife and two girls that needed me. God is faithful. If he never did another thing, if he never answered another prayer, if he never did another thing for me, I am still blessed. He has done so much. He has been so faithful in so many ways, just as he has to you. Just as he has to you. Uh, um, well, I just lost his name. Well, it's one of the crowds. One of the crowd brothers, uh, Jason, that sings a song that says, he never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. Isn't that true? He never promised us a rose garden of life. You know, he said, in this life, troubles will arise. But we've got to learn early. Where do we put our trust where do we put our trust? Will you stand with me? Whatever your current crisis is or whatever you find, crisis you find yourself in, can I challenge you today to put your trust in God? Let's pray. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. 
They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I thank you that you are our refuge. And I thank you that you are the shelter that we can run to when we don't know what to do. When we find ourselves in crisis, I pray that you will be with us. You told us you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, we stand on that promise. We stand on that promise. I thank you uh, for everything. I thank you for your plan. Because your plan is perfect. Even though we don't understand it sometimes. Thank you for sheltering us. In Jesus' name, amen.